Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. My guest today is an out-of-the-box thinker, leader, and entrepreneur. Renowned for his innovative and engaging business style, he will tell my listeners how he and his co-founders turn a fintech startup into a global brand with millions of users. We continue the fintech series on Heads Talk with his conversation about startups and scaling your business. But before we get into that, here's a brief message. This episode is sponsored by Eurus. Eurus Private Capital Forum is transitioning online with on-demand sessions offering attendees the utmost flexibility to access industry-specific content and deals on their terms. Launching this coming February, Eurus 2022 will bring together 100 speakers from across Europe over a broad agenda covering private equity, venture capital, real estate and private debt. For details, visit www.eurusforum.org. Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle Schwitter. Joshua Chibuesi is the co-founder and chief marketing officer of PiggyVest, arguably the best and biggest digital savings and investment technology platform in Nigeria with over 3 million users. PiggyVest's mission is to give everyone the power to better manage and grow their finances. Joshua is a serial entrepreneur and is also the co-founder of Push CV Now, known as Sharpie a platform that digitally transforms candidate selection process in the whole environment. Its aim is to significantly reduce the unemployment level in Nigeria and across the continent by bridging the gap between recruiters of labor and great talent. Academically, Joshua has a Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science from Covenant University in Nigeria. Let's now have a conversation. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Joshua to Heads Talk. Delighted to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Um, I've been looking forward to this conversation today. Um, Actually, many of my listeners have been looking forward to this conversation, and I'll even go as far as to say a number of the guests have been looking forward to this conversation. This, uh, the core of this fintech series is really about this topic today, creating a startup fintech brand, scaling it, and making it a global success. You and your co-founders have done this. Firstly, congratulations on this amazing achievement. And now I want you to tell my listeners all about the rise and rise of Piggyvest. Effectively, how did you do this? Let's start with the beginning. How did it all start uh, and where is it today? Okay, um, it all started in 2016. Um, I'll just give a bit of context. So um, December 31st, 2015, there was a story that broke online uh, where a, a lady was able to save up 365,000 naira from putting aside 1,000 naira in a box every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, broke her saving box, like the actual traditional piggy bank. Uh, she broke it and then she took a picture and shared it online. And it was very interesting to a lot of people. And, you know, quite a number of people wanted to do the same the following year. Mm-hmm. So, 
um, there was this particular Twitter user who started to sell saving boxes. So you place an order for one and he'll be able to get it to you in about, in a few days. Um, it cost around 2000 naira to do that at the time. I was one of the people who actually ordered for a box, <laughs> but while I ordered for a box, um, I discussed with my team to um, actually try and dig digitize the process. Yeah. And, you know, we discussed it and the MVP was built in about three to five days and we launched. Um, we weren't really thinking big about it then. We just wanted something that solved the problem of forgetting to put money in a box every day because we're all busy people. Um, yes, a lot of people have the, the different options or different options existed for how people would typically save. Um, people would open a second bank account. Mm -hmm. They they save with their friends using this Adjoy Susu method, um, where you know one person takes a full amount every month. And pretty much those were the options that existed at the time, but uh, piggy bank at the time uh, it was piggybank.ng when we launched oh it was called piggy bank before you yeah. changed it to yeah. okay it was called piggy bank.ng when we launched uh, we changed to piggy vest sometime in 2018 was well, so at 2016 it was piggy bank.ng and it was just a simple solution right yeah. yeah we just wanted to automate people's savings every day every week or every month mm -hmm. give them back their savings after three months mm -hmm. and the model was very simple. If you decided to withdraw your money before the set withdrawal date, we charge you a penalty. It was very interesting to a lot of people and it was very new to a lot of people. So it was able to gain some traction very quickly on its own mm -hmm. without much advertising. Um, so that was pretty much it. You know, in 2016, we didn't do too much. Um, um we were able to help our users save about 21 million then mm -hmm. uh, to grow, you know we established partnerships with um, a microfinance bank you know a commercial bank the following mm -hmm. year and you know we continue to grow our numbers i remember when we did about a billion um, in a single month that's from doing 21 million in a whole year mm -hmm. that was a very huge milestone for us but that was just the starting point uh today we have over 3.7 million registered users and helped our users save over $1.2 billion to date. Wow. And it's, yeah. That, that's so, incredible. Do you, do you want to tell me about your team? Uh, so uh, we have a very large team because we have, you know, multiple products now on the belt. Um, I think we're a team of about 130 plus. Mm -hmm. uh, but the core management team, we're just three co-founders. That's there's me. I handle um, the entire marketing. So marketing is obviously in charge of you know customer service, advertising, content strategy, um, branding. Um, then there's operations handled by um, Oduayo, who is my co-founder. She mm -hmm. operations and finance. And then there's um, product and engineering, who is handled by the CEO. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. The, the problem we're really trying to solve with piggy vest you know um I, I could break this down into like three or four things right mm -hmm. 
um right there's there's no financial inclusion in the country right a lot of a lot of a lot of young people who actually have bank accounts don't feel they're getting the most out of their banks right Mm -hmm. responsibilities they have to pay for but you know they cannot actually save right they have to it's not easy for young people to save right Mm -hmm. this is something we're trying to um you know help them with um poor social economic conditions in nigeria there's no social safety net so people have to literally fend for themselves mm-hmm. so it is you want to do whatever responsibilities you have you literally have to save up the money yourself there is nobody that's coming to actually right. so help themselves it's the rainy day money as opposed to the state helping them out if they fall on their in quote sword exactly so we have to literally cater to ourselves here in the country and that's bulk of the problem we're solving with um, mm-hmm. uh, Piggy. Okay. And so uh, how do you, as Piggy Vest, make money with this uh, model? Um, so it's, it's a very simple model. Um, so we uh, basically invest um, the, um, the funds, you know, every month, and then we make um, a spread that we share with our users. So yeah. for instance, we make an average of around uh, 16% annually. And we give our users, you know, interest between eight percent to you know thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're able to make that spread. Uh, incidentally, have you have you met the lady that gave you the idea? You know, I, no, it was just <laughs> a but I'm meeting her. But I I, I hope she's doing well. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I hope she is. I mean. Some of the great ideas come from very, very simple things. So, so what do you, Joshua, um, what would you call your, what would you pride yourself on with Piggy Vest? What's the thing about it that makes you feel filled with pride? Um, so, to be very honest, the journey is just starting. Um, I've been, you know, privileged to see this from zero to where it is. And I do understand, you know, all of the challenges we've faced over the years. And I know that, you know, if certain conditions were in place, it would have been like 2x, 3x, 4x what we are today. Mm-hmm. But I'll say the fact that customers love us genuinely. Yeah. That's, what, that's one of the things that makes me happy, right? So we're not having to spend excess. We didn't have to spend excessively on marketing in the beginning stages. We've only raised one point one million dollars to date, All right. and um, with that, we're able to achieve three point seven million users and having helped users save over a billion dollars. I think that's naturally impossible, um, but we're How able to do achieve- it. Yeah. As, but we're able to achieve this because of the trust and love our customers have for the brand. All right, trusted brand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Incidentally, how has um, the pandemic treated uh, Piggyvess? How have you fared through that period? Yeah. Interestingly, we actually grew a lot during the pandemic. So, what happened is a lot of you know income earners or salary earners you know you know switched to digital people were no longer spending money because they couldn't go out mm-hmm. uh, the only option they had was to pretty much save 
and you earn some yeah. interest. So the platform grew um, during that period. There was a need to look into digital solutions that would help with you know banking, savings, investments, because everything was shut down. You couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't go to the bank, you know, you're just looking for very easy means to make transfers or you know do all sets all sorts of you know digital transactions so i would say a lot of the pandemic helped with a lot of companies offering digital solutions especially us mm -hmm. um okay um you in, before i move on to the next question you talked about piggy vest um, solving various problems one of them you mentioned was the the no, there was no financial infusion. The other one was economic conditions. You didn't mention a third. You said there were three things. Oh, so I said, I think I said lack of um, social safety net. Yes, the, yeah, the economic conditions, lack of social. Okay, well, I suppose you can split those into two. That's fine. Let, let's move on to the next question. Um, I'm going to ask the question now that some of my listeners want answers to. So, what are your thoughts on? startups and entrepreneurs, in particular in the, in the financial or fintech sector, in obtaining the right kind of investor and investment? You know, what are your tips and, and how do they prepare themselves? Um, so to be very honest, um, I don't have a lot of experience with raising a lot of capital in uh, fintech uh, today. <clears throat> what I would say is this, um, investors uh, today, they, they want to see some traction. Um, the fintech market is, I would say, almost saturated. Mm. Uh, starting to understand the need to build more infrastructure plays. Um, um, there's a lot happening, really. And, you know, sometimes people just think that, okay, because it's working for ABC or let's just, you know, do the same thing and, you know, we just change our name and, you know, mm. launch it that are doing the exact same thing, but it's not always the case. There are several factors, there are several things. There's, there's, there's the moat that, you know, makes it, you know, makes a startup more interesting than the other ones. So I would say focus on solving an actual problem in a big market. That's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, if you're solving a very, very interesting problem and the market size for that problem is big enough, mm -hmm. then fall out for it. It's interesting because that, that is a that is a common thing. I have already spoken to another successful on entrepreneur who talked about solving big problems first before you embark on anything. So that's interesting. Um, knowing what you know now, what would you have changed or done differently in getting to the position Piggy Bess is in today? Uh well, so <clears throat> oh, they have changed differently. Um be very honest every every single year there's a new lesson to learn mm. um there's so much happening all at once especially in this country uh nigeria that you know teaches you a lot i haven't i haven't run a business um at this scale before so it's literally um learning on the go but if if I were to change, I would just do everything I'm doing, but do it faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But, so yeah, get the results quicker. Okay. All right. Um, so, so you're more about learning from the mistakes rather than going back and regretting and changing and stuff like that. I, I suppose that's yeah. that's the healthy way to be, really, isn't it? Yeah. There's there's a lot of things that you can learn on on the go that 
you know again we're building in the market where where where, where we have first mover advantage right um so the competition for us are customers not everyone else um so we're always looking to learn from our <clears throat> learn from our users understand their needs and yeah. try to cater to their needs so it's a lot of learning because there's no blueprints anywhere in nigeria yeah. so, and, and, and even, uh, based on what you're saying, I'm assuming you're constantly learning, even today. Yes, pretty much. Okay. So what would you say is the biggest mistakes that you see startups make um, and as a result fail? Biggest startups, biggest uh, mistakes that startups make, um, they're a couple, right? Mm -hmm. and it's, I, 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 it's very subjective. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't want to say these are things that you need to do, even me, myself, regardless of where we are today, we're still pretty much learning. But I'll say it's always good to listen to your customers, listen to the feedback, right? Yeah. Uh, if startup isn't getting enough feedback, then you're not hitting it mm -hmm. yet. Um, good or bad, you need to be getting some feedback to find a way to create those um communication channels that actually help you listen and understand uh, what your customers are doing another most important thing is in this market customer service is a competitive advantage mm. a lot of people just go on and build stuff and you know maybe outsource your customer support um i'd say in the beginning stages it's very important for, for founders to be part of that process um, that's actually one of the things that helped us so personally, I was handling support for about two years. Yeah. I was doing support for about two years for PGVS before I basically started to delegate, you know. Yeah. But that created that instant communication feedback for us. So I would, hear, trust. I would hear directly from the customers and, you know, I'm discussing with my friend who is the CEO and lead engineer and we're literally implementing the feedback at night and we're launching something new next morning so we're able to build faster mm -hmm. hide better because we were learning very quickly from our customers okay okay that that's that's useful you mentioned um piggyvest at headquarters um nigeria Let, let's talk about the country how is the fintech ecosystem and market in Nigeria? You mentioned that it's saturated, but I'd like you to sort of expand on some of them. And how does it differ to the other countries on the continent? Um, so the Nigeria, Nigerian fintech is actually interesting. We we will be we have a lot of you know interesting companies that have been doing this for a very long time, up to 20 years actually. Mm -hmm. We have the likes of InterSwitch, we have the likes of Remita, mm -hmm. you know have the likes of Flutterwave, um, Paystack. Um, Niger the Nigerian market is big, right? Mm -hmm. um, dealing with a lot of, um, um, you know, I'd say we're, we're trying to get, um, what's the word now? Ease of business is not that great here in Nigeria, mm -hmm. right? Um, but somehow we're able to, you know, pull through uh, regardless um so well, sorry sorry joshua i didn't mean to interrupt there okay go ahead okay yeah it, it's so how buoyant and eager are vcs um to invest in nigerian startups how what sorry 
VCs, venture capitalists, you know, how eager are they to they are in Nigerian startups? And what are you seeing? So one thing again that we've seen is there's been an exit in Nigeria in the fintech space, and investors, Nigerian investors, have made money. Mm-hmm. What that sparked is a lot of interest in you know normal regular people wanting to go into VC yeah. because there is now an opportunity to make money. We're having we're seeing investors who are making money from secondaries. You know, it's so it's booming and. There's a lot happening in this space now. Young people want to invest. In fact, we're having startups set up shop to allow retail investors in startups, mm-hmm. right? There is a need now for that. that so, the, you know, startups as an asset class mm-hmm. growing in Nigeria. You know, we have female-led, you know, VCs yeah. who invest in women, um, um, startups, you know, we have a lot of people making a lot of money from investing in startups today. And I would say it will continue to, it will continue to be that way as long as we continue to see more success right. stories. And, and, uh, okay. And, and the VCs, are they predominantly based in Nigeria or are they globally, would you say, that's coming in? Okay. Um, so when we raised $1.1 million, we, it was literally almost 95%. It was 95% local. Basically. Mm-hmm. We have lots of Nigerian VCs today who are investing even in the African market at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for the precedes, um, seed series A stages, yes. I think a lot of um, active local investors, maybe for the series B, then startups look to international yeah. all right okay that's interesting and would you say that it's more tech that the venture capitalists are looking and eager and salivating in fact in, in order to invest um, in nigeria as opposed to i don't know agricultural that sort of stuff sorry i, I didn't get the question very well oh, yeah are vcs more keen to invest in tech startups more so than um, other industry sector startups. Is that what yeah. you're seeing now more? So the opportunity for scale and return is higher with um, yeah. companies, right? So a tech company can scale, mm-hmm. you know, a tech company can go from, you know, $1 million valuation to $500 million valuation. Yeah you know, in a few years. In no time. Are there a few unicorns in Nigeria? Yeah, we have a couple. I mean, there's OP, there's Flutterwave, there is um, Interswitch, you know. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, these are, these are unicorns. These are people oh, yeah. who are... Okay. We probably should ask that question in five years' time and you're probably going to tell me there's 120 unicorns in Nigeria because that's how fast these things are going. And I'm assuming Piggy Vest is going to be one of them, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's great. That's good. That's good thinking. Let, let's move on and talk about a bit about the future. I'm wondering if there is or will be a Piggy Vest 2.0. And um, where next or what next for Piggy Vest? And how and how are you going to do this? I think we've gotten to Piggy Vest 2.0. I, I'd say um, Piggy Vest 2.0 was when we launched um, our investment product. So let, well, I think we're looking to Piggy Vest 3.0. Oh, right. Uh, the future really for Piggy Vest is being able to create an ecosystem that allows young people manage their finances, right? 
-hmm. and all of the aspects of you know financial services you have savings you have investment we've now ventured into payments right so we're looking at a situation where because the end goal is credit yeah. so the problem in nigeria today is there is not enough data or the data available is not you know it's not in a synchronized manner where it's easily accessible mm -hmm. so startups are having to create their own data to be able to lend you know appropriately so that's exactly what we're doing right now mm -hmm. trying ecosystem where where we understand your saving patterns we understand your spending patterns and then we can profile you accordingly and give you credit right okay okay and let, let, let's look back to the entrepreneurial's journey and lessons learned on your entrepreneurial journey what has failure taught you what i normally do is when i'm going to speak to a guest i you do a bit of research and in my research, I found that, and you spoke openly about some of your um, failed projects. What I want to know is, how has it molded you? Because it clearly didn't stop you. Yeah. So again, what that helped us with is understanding how to build a B2C fintech in Nigeria or a mm -hmm. B2C company in Nigeria. Also understanding business models. So with all of our failed startups, the one thing we're getting very wrong is the model. And we, you know, in Nigeria, there is not a lot of patient capital, right? You know, where you can just, you know, build and then make money later. No, mm -hmm. um, you have to focus on, or you have to think about <clears throat> how you're making money from the very first day, right? Um, so that's pretty much what we, what we learned very early on. How do we ensure that we're not just, you know, building and then thinking about monetization much later? How can we um, infuse monetization from the, in the business model from the get-go? Mm -hmm. And that's, a, that's one of the things we're able to get right with PiggyVest as opposed to all the other startups. But interestingly, um, the, I, I, the ideas from all the other startups we've run, uh, we're slowly implementing them in some of the new startups we're working with, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's we've always wanted to connect, you know, businesses with or people, service providers, you know, mm -hmm. services, and we're now able to do that with our other product called a bag, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I would say we learned a lot about you know model how to you know run a startup that actually yeah. makes. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, so basically you're saying getting the model right and I'm going to ask, ask this question because you know when I mentioned to one or two people that I'm going to have you know Joshua Chibuyezi on the Headstock podcast they wanted this question asked in that um, what is it in you what do you have in you that makes you okay dust yourself off if something fails and move on to the next, you're sort of not a quitter. And I know a lot of startups and I know a lot of entrepreneurs, it's just, you know, after the second, after the third, I think, okay, enough, I'll just go back to my nine to five. What's in Joshua that you can tell us about? I think what's in me is my team, to be very honest. I have my team. Um, we've been together for over the what now, 12 years. We all went to the same, um, university, Covenant University. Um, we've been building things together since then. Uh, it, when you 
quitting is not an option because you know you have your pals or your friends who want to succeed at the most it, it was very hard a lot of us have gotten offers from even foreign companies you know there was a time where it was so hard you know we're going to quit <clears throat> and then uh, we just have each other and we're a we like to say that we're a team who is forever hungry mm -hmm. right so there's more out there. There's there's more we can do, and we we believe we, we believe so much in ourselves that <clears throat> as long as we're learning, we're getting better at what we're doing, then we'll be fine. All right. So it's, sorry, Joshua. I, I I'm, just, I'm terrible today. I don't normally interrupt. It's just that one of the big pause. I assume you've finished. So it's yeah. having a really good core team that you trust that have your back. And you will always pep talk each other, yeah? Yes, yes. So we're friends, that's pretty much. And it helps if you sort of grown up together. So there's a kind of this automatic, organic, solidified trust that you probably would have, I suppose, to um, just meeting someone and, and forming a partnership through that. Exactly. Okay. Um, do, do you want to add any more to that bit? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Um, okay. okay, sorry about that. Okay, so, so let's end this episode um, of on this question asked to all the guests in the series, it's a two-part question. What is the FinTech app that you cannot do without um, and why? And I don't mean piggy this, another one, and you cannot do without and why? Uh, if it's not piggy vest, it's a beg for me. <laughs> if it's not piggy vest, it's... A beg, so a beg has literally replaced my bank app. All right, okay. So it's payments. Okay. Uh, now, instinctively, I just open the app to do anything. If I want to buy airtime, if I want to send money to anyone uh -huh. in the country, if I want to, you know, pay for whatever it is, I just open the app. It has replaced my bank app for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And the second one, very interesting one. So, um, and some of the answers that have been given, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes in the series, really, really interesting. The solution that you think has yet to be developed but sits firmly within the fintech world once available. Um, hmm. So I think we Nigeria is a is a fundamental service economy. Um, what we do mostly here is buying and selling. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of data that is you know fractured right um and th this is even where we even need the government really i don't think a startup can solve this problem but you know data data needs to be solved from you know a a government perspective if one thing one thing that's missing in this country is identity right so <laughs> one person you know uh, can have multiple BVNs, for instance, or one person can have an address that's, you know, it's not verified. Um, if oh. these things are done, KYC will be very, very easy for startups, right. large companies, right? So this is not even a startup problem. It's more like a, a government problem that we need to fix data and identity in this country. I think it will help everything that everyone is trying to build in fintech today it's really accelerated very very quickly mm -hmm. 
could I don't know could could blockchain be used in that sense? Uh, well, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess, but there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done. Uh, really, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Okay, Joshua Chibuezi, what an inspiring episode today on Heads Talk. Many thanks for your time and insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders, and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.